there's more truth to that than I think you're <laughs> yeah, admitting. Sorry. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, probably not. Are you? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You tell me <laughs> what, what I would think. <laughs> I, uh, obviously it sounds, sounds like a great idea. Welcome back to In Residence. I'm Keith. And I'm Laura. How you doing today, Laura? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. What did you want to talk about today? So this morning, I was looking through um, some social media, as one does, over coffee. Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning. And I I saw an article that was posted out there. And um, the title is, Why the Most Successful Marriages Are Startups, Not Mergers. And it intrigued me. We all have our own thoughts about what a startup is like and what a merger is like. And to put that in the context of a marriage, I thought it would be interesting to talk about it with you. Yeah. Um, because we're in a marriage. Right. Right. So yeah. I sent it to you. Yeah. You sent it to me. That was, yeah. And I saw it was by Arthur C. Brooks. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I know that name. I know that name. I'm like, oh, he wrote the book From Strength to Strength. Uh, the little subtitle is finding success, happiness, and deep purpose in the second half of life. And I found that I think last year he he must have been on a podcast, probably, probably promoting the book, you know, or doing an interview or whatever. And so then I got the book on Audible, and I I don't think I've listened to all of it, but listening to his interview, and then obviously he writes for the Atlantic sometimes, and is he he's a professor too at Harvard? Is that a business professor? At yeah. So Harvard. I'm sure people know a lot more about him than than we do, or are probably more familiar with his works than we are. But like the the from strength to strength that really grabbed me last year, uh, and and the beginning of this year, uh, turning forty <laughs> <laughs> and realizing, oh, I'm heading into the back forty <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> but and and dealing with that a little bit. So that's kind of where I came to him. But so like when he sent me the article. I was like, oh, that's a because you kind of told me like, oh, it, the, the headline grabbed me and I I, I want to find it and, and look at it. And then I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I know that name. And so I just, you know, Googled real quick. I'm like, oh, of course I have that. It's in our Audible. So it's on the list. Anyway. That's so funny. Sorry. When you're saying, oh, the 40s, you know, the back 40. Yeah. And I'm like, aren't the 40s the new 30s yeah. and like the 50s yeah. are the new 40s? There is still like a little bit of that, though. I, I'm, I'm being play, playful. Like uh, I'm I am. I do feel it a little bit. But it's more, I'm more excited and exhilarated about it. But also there is a little bit of like, oh, really is midlife, <laughs> you know, really You're so is. funny. And I'm a couple of years older than you and mm-hmm. I don't feel over the hill, but it sounds like you, you have that a little, a little bit. I don't feel over the hill, but the reality of the fact that this is midlife, like get ready, Laura, here comes a crisis. Pretty soon. <laughs> you know, oh no. Like, yeah. You gonna show oh. up with like a red sports car and no, <laughs> probably be a huge truck. Couple airline tickets to Tahiti. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my word. Okay. And then you'll just wonder where'd the other ticket go. I'm like none of your business. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> a little eat, pray, love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's get into it. <laughs> so the the article: Why the most successful marriages are startups, not mergers. As we were reading through it over coffee, I kept wanting to ask you so many questions and see what resonated with you, what your thoughts were. And um, I skimmed it. So, so, you know, like I didn't do a deep read. That's all right. Sorry. I don't mean any offense <laughs> to the author. <laughs> no. Well, and um, I will say 
at the front end, there was a, a lot of data. And I'm not saying that data is not important, but data around average age of marriage. Or like, get to the juicy parts. Like, like I want to like, know about this startup concept. It really, yeah. the title did really grab me. Yeah. yeah. But it did talk a lot about um, statistics around divorce and, again, age and all of that. But what I thought was interesting when we we got into the idea, so when you think of a startup, what sort of things do you think about? I, I mean, I, I think about, like, the that limited series we watched about Uber, like, Super Pumped. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Brian Koppelman and Dave Levine did that, right? And just that fast-paced, uh, move fast, fail faster, you know, move fast and break things, that kind of stuff that, that as I, we've talked about before with me, my personality is, uh, where I come from, is more reserved, more methodical, really think it through. And so when I think of, like, startups and, like, Silicon Valley and all that stuff, it's like, I'm, it just, it's just not, like, it's not home for me. Like, that, the, the, all the connotations, all the activation and initiating things, it, it seems so foreign to me, and yet it's powerful, right? Like the the possibilities and that they're making things, but but the way it makes me feel is a little like little. I, I kind of recoil a little bit, like oh geez, like you guys are really going, at, you know. I got my hangups, you know, but <laughs> but I, I I do think that there's like super pumped. I think that's yeah. a good example where you see this like moving into something, moving fast, making. I don't know if it's bold decisions, risky decisions, maybe not always managing things in a way that has a lot of maturity to it. Yeah. This may be what I would but, say. But they're building something. Right. And uh, making something and creating change. Right. Right. Because that's how you disrupt uh, an industry, right? You know, and first mover advantage and all this stuff, you know? So it's really, it's interesting. So yeah, it definitely has connotations to me. St- startup, right? Like, yeah. yeah, especially in the last decade or so, like there's a, I mean, there's there's podcasts about stuff like that, and 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 it just it's so much part of the culture and like the entrepreneurship and stuff. It's like it's it's American culture too, like it out and it almost always has been. So yeah, and uh, the book that I recommended a couple weeks ago, uh, Alyssa Cohn's From Startup to Grown Up. Yeah, one thing that I think is interesting, she has so many scripts in there for founders and CEOs that are coming together to create this startup of you might start out, but you mature over time and you make different decisions uh, together and you grow in your um, maturity as you grow as a company. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's interesting just to think, and I also am thinking of Gary V because he started how, how many businesses really successful from um, well, or growing businesses yeah. like his dad's wine yeah. business to Empathy Wines, to VaynerMedia, um, VaynerX Vayner is a holding company and all the brand work all he does. It. But he even goes back and talks Be about friends. doing lemonade stands as a kid. You know, like yep. it's it's in his DNA, that type of entrepreneurship and starting things. It's it's pretty amazing to me. It's and and special to see that because it's foreign to me. And I'm working at making it not so foreign. Sure. But yeah, that it, it's that initiative, right? And and as you were talking about like the the from from startup to grown up, sure. Uh, I think that's a really good comparison because like how he writes about it in here. Obviously, the premises it sounds really similar, and like learning as like in a startup like maturation and growing and this and that. It's like well, it's the same with in a marriage, right? Like <laughs> right, learn and grow together and, and kind of thing. 
Yeah, and connecting. So, so to bring back the age thing, where we kind of glossed over that, mm-hmm. and I don't, I res, I respect the concept, but mm-hmm. whether it's age or maturity, he does talk about when a maturity of a CEO founder from a startup comes in to create something. If you have high maturity, you're going to have uh, more likelihood potentially of growing that startup to a successful business where um, potentially if you come in, you're young, you're green, you might make more risks. And that might result in something that is very successful, or it might result in something that is really not successful. Yeah. And I don't know if he spells that out specifically here, but I'm thinking of some of the, um, when you think of some startups that don't, don't succeed, sometimes it's because there's lots of risky moves and people just don't have the experience. Don't know what they're getting into, right? To take a great idea and scale yeah. it, and and same with like people will say that if like you're going to go get married young, it's like oh you 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 haven't lived yet, you don't you crazy you, kids, you don't know what you're right. getting into, right? And that's why it's no surprise like the median age from like the data, you know, is like mm-hmm. mid to late twenties, basically, right? Like yeah, so you have a little time in that age. You're young, but you've seen some of maybe the real world, you know, quote unquote. Like I'm doing. <laughs> bunny quotes right there like it, when i look back and think of like m- me at 24 and thinking i was mature then and now looking back i'm like oh dude you get <laughs> so much so much growth and so many experiences and and lessons to learn and i still do and that's why i can even look back now and be like oh there's like i still feel like I, now i know i have so much to learn back then it's like oh you're so like you didn't even know <laughs> right but anyway yeah and so, so that idea of when people come in and they're green, whether it's in marriage or a startup, you make more mistakes, right? And when you're more mature, you have that life experience potentially that can help guide, guide you to more um, communication, more and more success ultimately. Yeah. Now, shifting to the other side of thinking about a merger, what do you think of when you think about a merger? Initially, I was just like, "Oh yeah, two com- two companies become one, right?" Mm-hmm. And uh, what he says in the article, though, I'm like, "Oh, that really that's really interesting." Of trying to bring two different cultures together and thinking it's just going to magically become one union, right? When you're because it's like it's seasoned companies that like in a merger, right? Like they've they've well established, they've been established, right? And now there's a merger. And oh, it, it, you're kind of naive thinking it's going to just be an easy transition, you know? And it's like bring two great things together and make it even more great. Right. Uh, you're set in your ways, kind of, I think is what he says. And like being set in your own ways and your own, and juxtaposing that between companies and, re- and, and people in a relationship. You can see, like, I think it's a really good analogy or good comparison. But yeah, I didn't really know quite because I don't have, I don't have, experience in acquisitions and mergers but in that he brings up I don't either and it was pretty funny that he's bringing that up like he's like i can't i can't like i can't make the analogy of like a relationship like an acquisition he's like that that would never no. really work would it and so that made me giggle. Yeah, like, exactly <laughs> but i will say the the um idea of being entrenched you know kind of saying like a corporate culture if you in a merger mm-hmm. because there are these long-standing cultures that have been shaped independently mm-hmm. to come together it's really hard to um, take two long-standing cultures and integrate them in a way that's productive and impactful so i thought that was interesting because i feel like you and i are pretty independent spirits mm-hmm. 
I will speak for myself. I know that I tend to be on the stubborn side about how I want to do things. <laughs> we're, we're both stubborn. Okay. Yeah. We're both a little stubborn. We're, we're, we're both particular. Is kind particular of Particular and stubborn. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. But I think what's interesting, I don't feel like we've ever felt so entrenched in our ways that we haven't been able to work through things. Where that's what I was kind of hearing from the idea of the merger analogy is that you're so entrenched that you do it this way, they do it this way, and neither the two shall mix well. Right. Or somebody's going to lose. Right. Somebody has to lose because you have these two competing ideas. And for it to become one under like the new parent company or whatever, whatever you're going to title this new conglomeration. One one has to win out, and he did go on to was it like the the fifty fifty in a relationship? Did you did you see that part? I did. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Is it okay to move on to yeah, that and kind of yeah, talk about it? Exactly. Because um, he's like, oh, you know, a fifty fifty re- responsibility split, like sounds good in a marriage, right? And in theory, sounds good, but in reality, it's like, and I think we kind of talked about it before. Is like if you show up at home and you're you're drained, but you know our agreement is that you do fifty percent of the housework, but you just or like he brings up, you know, so and so is going to have more responsibility for the income. So and so is going to have more responsibility here. Here, that's kind of the simple reality. And trying to make it pretending that it's not that is going to sow like different seeds of resentment or something kind of is kind of what I got out of it. And yeah. And, and that's where I think we do a good job of like, we're actually cognizant of the fact that things aren't necessarily 50, 50 even split. And yet we can still say, Oh, I'm feeling like I I'm doing way too much of say the dishes. I don't feel like doing the dishes right now, even though it's my job kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we can step in and support the other person, yeah. even though it's, if like, I don't typically go and do the dishes, let's say, um, I can step in and do that. Never mind, We'll cut yeah. that out. No, you don't, we don't have to cut it out. <laughs> I'm just looking at you. Cause I thought maybe it would make sense to talk a little bit about what you said, my job and you put kind of air quotes. Yeah. And so, so we've kind of come and grown to maybe an understanding. It wasn't always like this. I don't think. But we've come to kind of an understanding of what things does Keith typically do? What things do I typically do? Yeah. And so what are the things you typically do? Just to share. Dishes, laundry, vacuuming, maybe like stuff around the house. Like, the well, stuff around the house. Well, no, because you take out the garbage. Yep. Right? I we, do we garbage. Everyone's going to know our, day, our weekly are, chores. Oh, right? my gosh. That's all right. Recycling yeah. and then mowing the lawn. Yep. And then I would say when it comes to maybe the deep cleaning before events or the um, cooking and uh, party planning slash picking up groceries. That's more me. Yeah. I I mean, I tend to clean the bathrooms quite a bit. Yeah. I appreciate Um, that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like, I don't laugh. I'm like, uh, right now I'm thinking, I'm like, let's not keep listing things off because you probably do way more than me and you have way more responsibilities outside of the home too. (laughs) And that's why like I do like my job. Right. Cause it's like, I'm home and I'm like a freelance podcaster or whatever, you know, you're freelance creative. Yeah. And yeah, go, go ahead. No, like, what do you- I, I was going to say, I, I think you deep cleaning the bathrooms is worth its weight in gold right. for me yeah. because most of the time, so we have a child, one child, two, Ugh. two guys. And <laughs> it just, I will say I grew up with a sister. So did I. <laughs> and I 
underestimated how much the bathroom was going to look and smell like a subway <laughs> um like station yeah. or bus station or something like I I mean I really underestimated yeah. the smell how much urine I was going to smell <laughs> um as a, a boy mom so yeah, yeah. But it's all good. We're working through We're it working and teaching it. skills. Yep, yep. <laughs> and yeah. So I, I think I think that's good because that that fifty fifty, as you were talking about, and I think you were saying that if it gets to be one hundred zero, um, that's really hard because people start to feel um, uh, resentful. Yeah. And that's one thing I think we work really hard to have that ebb and flow. And it's not always 50 50. Sometimes yeah. it's 80 20 or vice versa, 28, yeah. right? I think we try and make sure that we're communicating, especially I like that Brene Brown. Like I said, I know we talked about that, yeah. but to really say, hey, where are you at? Where's your charge at? And that give and take, I was going to say pull and yeah. push and pull. Yeah. I was like, what is the other thing? I think that's important and something that we've worked to um, grow through conversation with each other. Yeah. And that's over the years. It just comes. What I was thinking is it comes down to communication. Yeah. Just like in a merger or a startup, it's like organizations that can communicate better are going to thrive. Yeah. Or have better chance of thriving. But so say, but say I could imagine if we were approaching our marriage as an example, as a merger and I like the dishes and you like the dishes and no one was willing to mow the lawn. I mean, we'd probably get reported to the, like the weed. The, the, the city would come out and the give city us would a come out and have a nice little talk it. with us. Well, that's when you outsource, right? That's when you outsource, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't want to do. Like yeah. I've, I've mowed the lawn. I, you have. I mean, several times. I've done the dishes. Yeah. The, the, I mean, in like, let's say over the summer, like not as much as you, but that's kind of the thing where we're, I'm like, I do not enjoy this very much at all. Right. Uh, but that has changed a little bit. If I have the AirPods in, like the he- I have like hearing protected protective ones, but yeah. Can I ask you a question about one of the first things he put in this article? Yeah. Of working more as a startup than a merger. It was all about finances. Okay. And whether or not you should merge your finances or keep them separate. Okay. And in a merger, arguing that keeping finances separate seems uh, more practical but it actually shows that working together and merging your financial accounts is more like a startup and leads to more success because you're coming up with uh, decisions together around saving, around spending and things like that. And I didn't know how I felt about that one because I, I, in my head, I kind of thought, can't people just do, you know, you do you with the finances? If it works to be separate, so be it. If it works to be together, so be it. But I didn't know what you thought about that. Well, I, I definitely think people should do what works for them. Um, what it makes me think of is, so say in our in our case, you make more money than me. And so you do you means you have your money and I have my money. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, so where does that leave me where I'm, when I, you know, I do the quote unquote, my job, right? Unpaid labor, right? Right. But like being a stay-at-home parent or a homemaker right? As they used to call it. I don't know if they still call it that, but like it's unpaid labor, but it's so important, right? Oh, it's critical to the functioning of our family. Yeah. And so that's what, kind of where my head goes a little bit of because, like, cause if we, if we, if it was separate and you, 
okay, you make this money. So it's your money and you make that money. So it's your money. It's like, oh, okay. Then I could, so I could see how there could be resentment when it, or you're not feeling. Cause like if, if you talk about the money of the, the monetary value of what I do, you just said it's invaluable, but I don't make money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Like I didn't really think of it that way because we've, and I can't even remember back in like the early days when we were both working away yeah. um, at our own jobs, but and I making think more more towards the same median right amount of money each right right like we we made closer to the same amounts uh yeah and before we got married we were staying in a an apartment yeah we'd each pay half of the rent I remember that yeah, yeah. Um, and so that but that's hmm. like our foundation which is more like a startup when we were starting out start- yeah. in our relationship. So I get that. So I, that's why I huh. get like the merging a little bit, but like, the I merging think, of finances. I mean, yeah, because the merger. My understanding is that oftentimes they keep their finances separate because they were two well-established companies. Where a startup, it's functioning from the same pot of funds, and so that that hmm. keeping it separate, it feels like more combative in a way to rank. And like I, I say, uh, rank leads to rancor. Right. And yeah, it creates, yeah. it creates uh bad energy, I think, you know? Yeah. And it's so, so St- it's, it's it, status and affiliation kind of thing too. It is interesting because I, I will say I've, we've. From early on, we were like, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine kind of thing. Right, when it comes to you that made stuff. more than I did and, you know, and it doesn't matter. Did I? I think so. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> I, so I went into a career, right. That I was passionate about yeah. and education doesn't always pay very well and so yeah i so i guess what i'm what's interesting to me is (laughs) i didn't even think it you know i had a really big opinion on this i was very much like well you do you but thinking about us we've always had that combined account because we know that as a a team yeah and as partners it doesn't matter where the paycheck is coming in from i guess we always have functioned of this is our money and what you do like I said, it's invaluable. When I was wanting to go back to get my PhD, I knew that that meant I was going to be taking on an incredible amount of work. I was going to need tons of support from you as newlyweds. Right. Right? Yeah. And I knew that it was going to come with potentially a very large amount of student loan debt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I remember us having that conversation and saying, if if we decide to do this. This isn't a Laura decision. This is a, we need to decide, are we investing in this together? So yeah. I'm just, I'm like, yeah. I'm getting a little shivers because I'm like, oh gosh. So it was more of a partnership than it was me as an independent spirit and Keith as an independent spirit, just yeah. jumping in anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It like the decisions were, were made. Like there's a reason I make less money now. It's because I couldn't support you in the same way. I, in, in the ways that needed to be done and make the money I was making or doing the job I was doing. And so whether it was like me, uh, cutting back hours, which leads to less income because I, sure. I was an hourly wage earner, um, so that I could pick the kids up and drop the kids off. It just like, I wouldn't trade that for anything, to be honest. Like that's, that was, that was the point is to be able to support you and to support our family as it grew and turned into something. So. Well, and honestly, when the kids were little, we could either, either not have additional income and have you be at home, yeah. stay at home with yeah. them, or we could pay the money that you would have made yeah. to someone else to raise our kids. Yeah. And that's what, that's what happened so that was, when, yeah. when that we did make that change and I did go back into the workforce, 
for I don't know how many months. I we were l- like losing money, and and I <laughs> we wasn't were. and I and we I were. wasn't getting to see the kids. No, it was and it was it was a hard transition. Luckily, and, our childcare provider was amazing. Oh, she was completely fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, like she was worth it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But for me, the question was: Is this worth it to me to make the money so that I don't get to see my kids? Like, what's yeah? What's the point of that? I mean, there was there was reasons. Yeah, that we made that decision, and it it still sucked. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> great, but it had to be done. And right. and and I created the situation where I soon was making more, and it made more fiscal sense, and that was kind of the point at that time. Yeah, I agree. The next thing that's talked about is the idea of a prenup agreement, <laughs> and so. I didn't even really look at that part because we don't do that. Oh, didn't you? No. So um, basically it says that in um, a merger, oftentimes that a prenup is really important because it protects parties' assets and really lays out if the marriage doesn't work, if the arrangement of a merger doesn't work, how are things going to be split up, Mm. right, in that case? And so I think that that's an interesting thought. I'm not sure exactly how startups work around that and how this does and doesn't apply to a startup. My guess is that as a startup, you're all, you're kind of working together to build something and coming to the table with the same level of equity or I don't know how you would say it, the same amount of risk or similar amounts of risk, probably not the same, but. Yeah. The one part I did see is he writes, some scholars have argued that this bodes ill for the partnership's success much as asymmetric economic power between two companies makes a merger difficult. And I kind of agree with that. It's like, if you're going, I can see the reason that some, that people started their relationships with that. Again, I, it's a you do you, yeah, right? I see. I, I can understand yeah. it, but in my, my head, in my heart, if I was thinking of signing a prenup before we even begin our union, let's say it has connotations to me of, well, this might not work out, so I'm just protecting myself in, in the eventuality that it probably won't, you know, kind of thing. It like, it's like, oh, you know, but, but honestly, <laughs> I, uh, I, I do, like you said, you do you, I get it. I get why people do it, but it, it would make me feel um, vulnerable to failure, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I will say you and I, I mean, thinking about where we were at when we got married, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, what did I have to my name? I think I had a silver Alero. <laughs> I had a $100 green bicycle that hadn't been ridden for like two years. Yeah. Mm, a whole lot of paper that was worth nothing, like from yeah. grad school notebooks and things like that maybe a set of secondhand dishes yeah so the old couch an old couch a table from a dumpster right <laughs> yeah. from you pulled out of a dumpster it was um, a nice table yeah it's an amazing table and i had what uh some guitars and a couple amps yeah you know and and maybe a computer or something yeah and you know? i think i had a laptop yeah oh i had a treadmill yeah oh okay Ooh, we still have that treadmill don't, don't ever buy a treadmill i love it was get a light one Get a light one. That's true. And never have to move it up and down apartment stairs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Fourth floor apartment stairs. Third. Third floor. I thought I, it was only third floor. Well, I don't know. We were up at the top. There's a, it was There's a lot of stairs. Some high flights. We had high ceilings there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's right. I bought it right before we, we moved yeah. together. Oh, yo, yo. So just the idea of a, a prenup. Everyone's in their own place. 
maybe we can say that we un- completely understand why you would want to or do yeah. have one in place. You do you. But I, I like your thought, Keith, just about the, by putting one in place doesn't mean that we're kind of hedging a little bit on the side of will this fail. But well, again. And that's more for, I mean. We didn't have a whole lot to lose between the two of us, if right? I mean, after reading this now, I realize like we, like our marriage was a startup because we were fairly young. Yeah. Getting married. Yep. We and were so, both and under the, 30. And the prenup is more geared towards like a merger. Whereas like, say we were getting married now yeah. where we're, we're more mature. We, we have more defined culture, right. Or, or, or are set in our ways a little more. Whereas, yeah, we we're both, like you said, kind of stubborn and particular about <laughs> the way we go about things, but we were young enough to realize that we're going to grow and adapt with and for each other, you know? Yeah. So. So if we got married now, would you want a prenup in place? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, really? <laughs> Do tell me no, more. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Sorry, I got a little excited and loud no, there. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, you're such a kind and compassionate person that I don't think, even if things uh, ended badly, as, as in like the relationship didn't work out. Like you wouldn't go after my guitars, let's say, or, no. or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, yeah. So, and I think, I mean, that's why I know I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It's just because you are who you are, you know? And, um, like, yeah, you're just, you're amazing. Aw, thanks, hon. Yeah. So no, I, yeah. What about you? You probably would. <laughs> oh, don't be like that. <laughs> I know. I, I know, know how you are. I don't. I know how you are. I know how amazing you are. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh... I I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but again, our, I our mean, feelings though versus like a legal document that is set up to protect people. Absolutely. Like we're coming from this in a pretty uninformed light of like what a a prenup actually is and what it's for. Just to and, be clear, <laughs> and a biased perspective that we love each other deeply yeah. Yeah. and yeah. the hypothetical is completely it just doesn't bias and ill informed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is. This is no way legal advice. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> we don't pretend to be, or nor are we, legal experts in any way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the thing that I think is interesting is the final case that the author makes is about a marriage at any age, or marriage or relationship at any age, really should be approached as a mature startup mm. and not like a merger. and. So we got it right? I, I don't okay, know. Keep going, keep did going. we win? Did, did we win? Did we, did we win? get our trophy and yeah, prize now? Yeah, no, yeah. gosh. There's no winning. But I, I think that's interesting because I think although that wasn't something that we we really sought out to do, it's just something that we sought to, or we are and were. Does that make sense? What did we seek to be? So I think- A startup? I think we naturally, because of who we are- and our creative and um, our relationship that we have, we've prioritized working together and trying to see each other's perspective. And as you know, I don't always see things the way that you see things. <laughs> and vice versa. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. To be fair. Yes, to be fair. But I feel like we take the time to listen and at least try and understand the other person's perspective. Our um, stubbornness may not necessarily help us agree with it. Or as my great grandma used to say, was it envious? Envious. Yeah. I love that word. <laughs> yeah. A little envious. That's so funny. 
I like the idea of that he's proposing here, treating it like a startup and kind of all that encompasses. And but what it makes me think of is, is something that you've talked about in, in like organizations and how, yes, they're like, we need to create a system in which we can make things happen and get work done. And yet we need to have a nimble system where we can, we can act without so much red tape, let's say. Cause I think that's how, how we kind of succeed is like, we acknowledge where things need to change or where things maybe aren't working. And we can sit down and talk and be like, Oh, that's not working. Okay. How can we change what's going on? You know, whether, and and it could be something Mm -hmm. as simple as you're like, I have an early meeting, so you need to take (laughs) child one to school. Oh yeah. That just happened last week. Yeah. Because like, and that's kind of a a new thing is like, that's part of your new routine is you drop him off. We're kind of figuring it out together. Yeah. And, and I pick him up. Yeah. You know, and, and, but like, if, if, if something like that comes up, it's more of like, it's, it's not going, going back to like the, the 50, 50 or whatever. It's like, I'm not like, no, Laura, that's your responsibility. <laughs> How dare you ask me to pull some of your weight? You know, it's like, it's like, no, like ebb and flow, give and take. It's communication, right? Like if, yeah. if, if you were shaking me awake at 630 in the morning, telling me then I would, you know, one, don't shake Keith, like, Keith don't awake. Shake. Keith, like, that's Keith, not something. Keith needs to wake up slowly and gently. Don't, don't. <laughs> I love I, I will oh, say. I, I'm talking in the third person. <laughs> Yes, you are. Well, I think what's funny is, okay, so I I just need to share is it's funny because I'll just put my hand on like your bicep and be like, honey, yeah, good morning. It's time to wake up. And you're like, what's going on? You're like, why do you shake me? I'm like, I did not shake you. You like, you like, you wake up hard, man. You like blew, like you blew like the most gentlest breath, like just to try to like tickle a hair on my arm or something. Hello. Yeah. Good morning, sunshine. It's time to wake up. Like, it's morning. You're like, what is this thing? <laughs> the nighttime is it's, the right time. Yeah. See, and that's why maybe I just need to wake up super early before the sun, and 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 I can greet the sun and say like, all right, you and me, let's have an agreement. You don't shine in my eyes <laughs> too hard right away, and we're good. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> I will say I like I like what you're talking about because I I think with the the startup. And when you have co-founders in a startup, you're learning and you're growing and you're shifting and you're changing as you're going. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of so, inputs coming right. at you and together and separately, right? Right. Like whatever role you're in in a startup, you have different things you're dealing with. Yeah. And sometimes something that that is working and you think, oh, this is working. We're doing we're doing well. All of a sudden, then it's not working anymore for some reason. Yeah. And so you have to kind of work through and be a detective. Well, maybe not a detective. Like well, that's, that, I think that's right? when things could get tricky if you have to be a detective. So right. s- like, say you're sensing something's not working and, and then you're trying to figure it out. It, it would sure be a lot nicer if you just simply had a conversation, right? Like I'm sensing this or that, you know, or, or, or if, if you know, something's not working, having the ability, hopefully to be able to put it on the agenda. <laughs> Nice. So I want to, if you're okay, I want to read the last sentence of this Mm. article and see what your thoughts are about it. Okay. If that's okay. Yeah. So the last sentence is, whether you are 22 or 72, 
The best approach to a successful love startup is one in which co-founders see each other as equals and walk confidently into the future together in a spirit of generous, golden collaboration. What do you think? I like that. What do you like about it? All of it. It. I mean, hopefully I've, that's, I mean, hopefully that's kind of what I've been saying in a way, but yeah, seeing each other as equals is maybe something I was getting at. Like, like we are equal, even if some of our responsibilities don't feel or seem equal. Right. You know, like, does that, um, because we're both that's coming across. Okay. I think so because it's a give and take. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, a balancing act, right? Like, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and together, right. Uh, Walking together and that's movement. We're moving together instead of being stagnant and the confidently part, like I can work, I've got to work on confidence. Right. And I am, um, (laughs) um, we talked about that a couple couple times ago where I'm like, I'm like, "Uh, I don't, I don't quite feel that way all the time. I'm working on it, but, um, and the, and the generous collaboration. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that, that generous and walking confidently together, I think what's interesting and so much comes back to communication and talking about what it is we, we need as well. And so, um, an example that has been happening maybe the last month or so is I know I would love to have a date night and like a couple's vacation, Mm -hmm. like once, well, vacation once a month, like go where somewhere for a weekend adventure adventure. Yeah. And, um, I would love to eat out three times a week, twice with you, once with a family. Like I would love that. And I know what would you like from an adventure standpoint? You going and doing all that while I'm home alone with my guitars. No, um, I, <laughs> There's more truth to that than I think you're <laughs> yeah, admitting. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, probably not. Are you? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, you tell me <laughs> what, what I think. <laughs> I, uh, obviously it sounds, sounds like a great idea, but it's, and the adventure and stuff. And I want to do more of that stuff too, but eating out doesn't like, it's just not something I, See? I never feel great after eating out, you know, because I always I'm like, make. Oh, it's a date night. Yeah, date we get nights. to talk. No, and- date night sounds great. I would focus more on that of us going out together. I don't necessarily need it to be centered around food. You're blowing my mind here. <laughs> like, how do you do a date night without like? Well, I guess you can you, do a date night without everybody, food. Everybody in the comments, give us suggestions <laughs> on how to have a date night that's not centered around food, just like every other holiday and all these other things where. I, I tease Laura about how she prepares too much and there's way too much food and it comes off as me being critical of her when I'm just being queen of overkill and I'm being practical. Right. I'm like, yeah. we don't need all it's of like this. like a common yeah. tension, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where I say something, I don't mean it a certain way, but it comes off as critical and I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. You know, that's what <laughs> comes back to the communication. Yeah. Right. But I think my whole point of bringing this up is that, I think we're both generous in that knowing I would want to go out. Well, maybe it's not generous. Maybe it's that um, ebb and flow because I would like to go out three days a week to a meal for a date night. Yeah. And I think you could probably go out once every couple months. Yeah. And be like, eh, that's that's fine. It was good. But I think we're trying to meet each other somewhere in between. 
Yeah. Where I know we aren't going to go out three days a week. And I think you know that we aren't going to go out once a year. Yeah. But oh, I think there's somewhere year, <laughs> to, like I expanded mean, it. Like that's a little much. I know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a collaboration, right? It's it a is. partnership and compromise. And figuring out what works well for us. Yeah. For both of us. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's key is what's going to work and like what, cause like if I'm okay going out once a month, that's great for me, but then you're losing like what's lighting you up and what's lighting me up and where do we, where do we find common ground, you know? And maybe it's instead of a middle ground of like, okay, well you said one, I said four, the middle is two and a half, right? Like, okay, well this week it's going to be two. Next week it's going to be three or none. Right. Yeah. It's just make it work for, for us. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about the whole article and conversation, do you like this analogy? Yeah. I, I, I didn't think I was going to like it at first. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it really, um, it's really interesting to kind of think of it like that. Um, yeah. Especially because we do it right. No, no. <laughs> oh gosh! No, I, I'm it's like, not winning and losing no, right. and right and wrong. Yeah, no, um, no. It it it's a really it's a nice kind of thought exercise or like a way to and to actually like the example you brought up of okay, this is what I I would like this to happen, and you would like that to happen. Well, it's a partnership, so in order for it to succeed, we need to reconcile those those two things. And just like a, in a company, right? Like you can't, you're not going to succeed if you don't communicate and you're not clear. That's another thing though, too, is sometimes I don't, I don't know why something's a no for me or, you know, my reaction to something might be, oh, I don't feel like that. Or I don't want to do that. Or, you know, cause you brought something up earlier and I kind of, I, something sparked in my head of like, that's, I think one of our strengths though, is the ability for me to try to work through that and, and, and you helping me understand what's either the pain point or what is the goal. Right. I, I'm, I'm not, cause I'm not just talking about like me constantly saying no, but sometimes when I'm trying to say yes to something or I'm not, not saying yes, but I've, I'm feeling it of what I want to do. Let's say like, like you, you talk about going out to dinner. Well, maybe I want to go out to a concert and I, don't even realize that I'm missing that. And I want that. And, but then when I finally do, or you're like, you're like, you might sense like, why are you, uh, you seem a little off and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, and, mm. uh, I think it's communication. I think. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because we have tickets on the floor and we're too old to be on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just be hanging back. Okay. We'll hang back by the bar or something. Okay. Have some club soda or something. <laughs> Stay <laughs> hydrated. <laughs> LaCroix. Yeah. So I, I will say I I didn't I wasn't exactly sure how the conversation was going to go when I read this article because yeah. there's some things that I'm like mm, no yeah but I I do like the idea um, the relationship being a startup and what what that means and I know the metaphor only goes so far yeah but I thought it was an interesting read it was a quick read. And it's actually making me really intrigued about some of the other work that he's put out into the world, like his podcast and books. Yeah. The podcast is how to build a happy life. I'm going to have to check it out. And, and I need to, I need to listen, put the book, the books on the list now again, start chipping away at that. Anything else to add? I don't think so. No, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Sounds good. 
So what have you been listening to, reading, or watching that you would like to recommend? I'm reading the book Killers of the Flower Moon, and it's a really good book. I'm not, I'm, I'm about 100, 150 pages in, and they just released a movie, and I'm trying not to watch any of the previews because I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> so uh, that is what I'm reading right now. And I'm excited to continue on that path and learn more. How about you? I started listening to John Acuff's new book, All It Takes Is a Goal. It's been in my, my queue for, for a little while, but I just I started it uh, two days ago or yesterday. Can't re- quite remember. But it's already, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm here for this. Like, I think it's only, you know, maybe four or five hours long. So it's going to go pretty quick. And I, I think I'm already an hour in and it's already like, I'm like, oh, cool. This is going to, this is going to help me level up some more and like, uh, find some, some more tactics or strategies to keep me moving along and growing and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, so far it's good. He's funny. I like the way he writes. I like the way he, he does the audio book. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's a good one. That one's on my list too. He is incredibly funny. Yeah. Can't remember what the first book was I stumbled upon. Was it Finish? Finish. Um, Yep. That's on my list next from him because soundtracks is what I listened to first. Mm, Also. And that was really good. good. Yeah, cool. So everybody check out any of those if you're so inclined and drop us some recommendations of what you're listening to, reading, or watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.